Six strategies you need to know to start your own Amazon FBA business. I spent the last five years working on eight to five, but now I said is enough. So I took my free time and built my online side business. The real question is, how will I do it without much time on my calendar, a family to maintain, and a full-time job? This podcast is here to give you the answer. Join me and follow on as I learn, apply, and share my strategies to grow my online business using only today's best technology. My name is Daniel Chan, and welcome to the 8 to 5 Multiplier. Yeah, this is a great topic. Really, really interested. I hope I'm not gonna go too long into this podcast, but I'm gonna give you the six steps that I learned on how to get started with Amazon FBA as your side business. Uh, although there are only six steps, you have to remember it's not an easy process, it's a business. So let's get started. The first one is product research. There's many tools and tutorials. I'm not going to go over here on which one is the best tool, which one is the best tutorials. There are so many on the web. If you can just search it, there's like so many free tools. There's so many free tutorials. If you want to spend even money, there's people who have classes. There's tools that are upgraded and you have to pay. I'll prefer to start with the free things to first to get started to know what you're doing. And then later on, as you grasp the business, maybe you can transition to a more premium uh, place where you have to pay now. But everyone, basically, what you have to think about is that everyone is doing the same thing. So it doesn't matter if you go to the free stuff or if you go to the paid stuff. There's a few hundred of people who are going to be basically, at some point, somehow your competitors are doing the same thing. So if we think about a tool, let's say we have a XYZ tool where it gives us some product research on Amazon and you can put some filters, most of the cases where you're looking for, hey, I want to look for any type of products that are currently selling in Amazon that don't have good images or they're not optimized. So you can have an advantage optimizing those ones and capturing the market. Also, you're going to say, hey, I want to look for, I don't know, products that have less than three stars. I'm going to look for products that are in the range of the $15 and $25, right? Well, if you have like another hundred of people doing the same type of filters, everyone is going to have the same results. And most of the cases, what you do, you choose the first two or three ones, right? or you choose a few in the middle. But, you know, most of the cases, people are gonna look for the same products and they're gonna start doing outsourcing those products and then they're gonna bring those ones into Amazon and then suddenly they realize that, hey, when they did the research, there was no one selling it. And when they are launching your products, suddenly there's like five other people doing the same product and they're saying, well, now this thing is not working and now you have more competitors. And that's when you have to start differentiating yourself. The tool may help you to do some basic level of research, but at some point you have to think about how to create that differentiation. So one of the few things that I've learned that 
through differentiation or not many people are doing it is bringing expensive products. Because they're expensive products, it's going to cost you also more to bring a container. Usually they're bigger products and you're going to have to pay more for storage. Those are things that will make the level of entry uh, to Amazon FBA of those products to be higher. Because let's say you just have to bring 100 products that cost you $1,000 each. Well, you're talking already just on products by itself, $10,000, without saying how much it will cost you for shipping and storage. So bringing expensive products could be a way to differentiate yourself. Now, don't confuse that bringing any expensive product will sell. You'll still have to do your research, but not many people are jumping into the expensive products category because they may not have the money. And that's another factor that you have to consider if you have the money or not to do that. Another differentiator, bring cheaper products. Usually people try to stay away from products that are under $8 because the margins are very slow, very low. And even sometimes you maybe end up losing money. Well, if you are able to buy like lots of quantities, like, I mean, like, let's say, for example, if you're thinking about a box of matches, that's really small. That thing costs like just pennies on the dollar and you can sell it like really cheap. But in order for you to have a really low cost, you have to bring an entire container of match boxes. Well, imagine an entire container. I don't know how many match boxes will be over there. Probably a hundred thousand match boxes. Well, you're gonna have a huge inventory over there. It's gonna be lowered by the quantity, but that's when you try to leverage. Well, not many people are gonna bring an entire container, so their product is gonna be more expensive. They're gonna bring, I don't know, let's say one thousand of those match boxes, right? But if you bring an entire container your cost per item goes down significantly that now you're going to be able to make profit. And if those things are selling so cheap, you're making profit, not like it will be the opposite as the expensive product. Expensive product, probably you're going to be selling one every two or three days, but the gain that you're making is more than enough. Over here, the cheap products, you're probably going to be making cents, but you're going to be selling, I don't know, like 300 of those ones per day, just to give a number. So now you can make something out of that. So that's kind of the second differentiation that is kind of like, okay, the both extremes. Not many people are doing it because they're risky. They involve a lot of money. Third one that I've seen a lot of people jumping in, but you have to be careful because you have to have a good strategy. It's not just doing it. The third one is to bundle to create more value. So if you were to say, I don't know, I'm selling notebooks, right? So I'm going to sell notebooks. There's like so many people selling notebooks over there. But what if I say, okay, I'm going to bundle my notebook and I'm also going to give you, I don't know, like two pens with the notebook, right? So now you create a nice bundle when they're saying, well, definitely you're probably going to need pens if you're buying a product. Sometimes, sometimes not. But that's where you have to do your market analysis of, hey, does it make sense to bundle these products? Can my supplier provide me the other bundling products and do the entire bundling together? Let's say, for example, the supplier only do notebooks. So bringing the pens is going to be way more extra cost because now I have to deal with two suppliers and I have to find a way to make sure that, hey, the final product is in a bundle when I send it to Amazon. 
So definitely, that's why these are different differentiators because now it creates, I won't say more problems, but it creates that barrier of entry. It's not that easy. You're going to have to take more time and more research. People always want the easy way, saying, oh, I'm going to just bring this. What's the easy thing? I'm going to sell it. And then when you're selling it, you realize you're going to lose money because you took the cheap way, right? If you actually put thought about it and research and try to be different, that's when you're going to be winning on your product. Here's a pro tip. When you are really interested on starting your Amazon FBA business, the first, first thing, even before doing product research, the first thing you should be doing, create a trademark. Independently, if you don't know what you're going to be selling, create a trademark, put a name that is very generic because the trademark is going to be associated with that generic name, but it's fine because if it's generic, you can sell anything. And that's the nice thing. At the end of the day, you may be selling different types of products in Amazon. You don't want to be called the, I don't know, the special spiral notebook type of brand. Well, the only thing that you can sell there is spiral notebooks, right? So you want to be a little bit more generic just to give you that freedom of expansion just in case. And why do I say that you should be doing a trademark even before doing product research? Because a trademark takes almost a year in the US to be available. You cannot submit a trademark that is on the works to Amazon for branding because they're going to say, hey, this is not finalized. So for me, when I applied to my trademark, I think it took me about eight to nine months. And everything depends. Uh, there's no way to expedite. It, it's just, it goes through the entire process. They have to put it on a board uh, for a few months to see if people reject it or people saying, hey, that shouldn't be valid. There's another business with that name, etc." So it's a lengthy process. So I think that will put a step on the door once you have your product, because once you do the product research, there's a lot of other things in between that will probably take you, like for me, it took me almost two months until I have something good. And until I received the product and I was in Amazon, I would say it was almost three to four months. So definitely, if at that time you're thinking about trademarking, well, you already lost three to four months. Take advantage of your time, do it right now, independently if you know what you're going to be selling or not. Second tip, validate your product with the market. A lot of people saying, hey, I really like this notebook, you know, it's very sharp. The pages are really, really wide. They're kind of bright. Well, you're now falling in love with your product. And that's the worst thing you could do. Detach yourself from the product. The product is just a vehicle that will help you with your business. The only person who can validate your product is not your friends, it's not your family. You cannot ask them, hey, do you like it? Everyone is going to tell you that they like it because, you know, they they don't want to be mean mean with you. And even though if you ask for friends that are honest, they may say, yes, I like it. But you have to also ask the correct question. You don't have to ask them, hey, do you like this? You have to ask them, hey, if I sell you this for $20, are you going to buy it? That's a different question if you like it than if you're going to buy this for $20. Now, outside from friends and family, that I don't think is a good idea because that's not your market unless you're selling something to them, you have to go to the market. 
and figure it out if they like it or not. At the end of the day, they're going to be the ones who are selling it. So there are a few methods. There are a few ways that you can go and validate your product with your market. So let's say, for example, if you already have an existing channel. So let's say if you already have a YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or any of those ones where you can put an affiliate link to an existing product in Amazon and just see if people are clicking on those ones and they're buying because the only way to know that, hey, if a product is viable or not is to see how many people are buying it. Now, you can try to get tools to see how many sales a product had, but you can also leverage this Amazon affiliate because you can be a little bit more in close to what exactly is driving that traffic with your YouTube channel. Let's say, for example, you put over there a video that's related to that product just to test the market. Right now, remember, everything is just about testing. There is no correct answer on how to test it. Just go out there, put a product that is going to be similar to what you're going to be selling, if it's not what you're planning to be selling, depending on what product is. Sometimes it's really easy to create mock-ups and everything or even have samples of the product, but other cases it's too hard. So everything depends on the product, but definitely what you have to do is look for what the market is saying. Aside from what marketing is saying, is like, okay, well, there's sales going on over there. What's what Amazon calls it velocity? How fast this product is selling every day? Do people like it? Because at the end of the day, that's another factor that Amazon looks for, like velocity. They want to know that, hey, if this, pop, this product is popular, it's going to be selling like day and day and every, every minute, right? So that's what you're going to have to look for. It's not just about, hey, this product is selling is how often this product is selling. Is it selling it very often? Because Amazon loves products that sell really fast. So if your product is selling really fast from the get-go, they're going to rank you really, really easily without you even doing much because Amazon will see that, hey, there's a lot of people going to that product and just buying, 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 right? Third one, negotiate with your supplier. Now, this is the hardest part because let's say you already have your notebook that you're planning to bring, right? And then you find, let's say, three to four suppliers. I usually recommend three to four. That's a good number. Um, and then I ask them for samples, depending on what your product is, etc. And from there, I test the samples. Uh, also, it depends on what your product is. For a notebook, uh, I don't see what how much I can test it. I mean, I can try to you know, break it or, you know, th those type of things. I mean, think about like the worst weird thing that a customer could do to a product and see if your product will withstand that. So with a, a notebook, let's, I don't know, I, I, will, I will try to rip it in half and see if it, if the paper is good. I try to grind down really hard to see if the paper breaks or something like that. Uh, those are type of things because you also want to know the material, it's consistency. You don't want to buy, you know, a product that is falling apart. That, that's what basically I want to look for. Then the other part is like, don't always look for the cheapest price. I know that you want to look always for the cheapest one so you can make more money. But sometimes the cheapest one, it represents also the quality. And if you're selling in Amazon and a customer receives something that is low quality, what they're going to do? They're going to give you a one-star review. 
And reviews are the hardest things in Amazon, if not almost impossible, to get removed. Unless it's something that Amazon did wrong, but that's very odd. Uh, review is really hard. What you could try to do is work with the customer to give you first a feedback. So they give you a negative feedback. And then you can work it out and try to see if they don't even give you a review. Or if they give you a review, you try to make them a little bit happy. So at least it's not a one-star review. Feedbacks are easier to get removed for, let's say, a good excuse that you can give to Amazon. Now, going back to the lower price, that's why I'm saying that not the lower price means that's the best. It could be that it's the worst quality ever, and you don't want to be in that location. You want to be in a good quality, but also you don't want to be in the most expensive one because the most expensive one sometimes may not mean that it's the best quality either. That's why ordering the samples is very important because over there you can see what's the quality versus how much they're charging to you. And then after that, it's just negotiations. Like what's the minimum order quantity are you planning to order? If it's less than what the supplier wants to, most likely it's gonna charge you more. But that's where basically it's part of the negotiation. And I mean, I, I cannot, I, I could extend another hour just to talk about how to negotiate with suppliers. Everything, again, depends on the product, on the supplier. But most likely what I usually do, I order a small subset, which I told them, hey, we're right now testing the market. We're planning to make a bigger order. So you you kind of give them of saying, hey, this is not the only order. We're, we're going to have businesses along the way. So they're a little bit more flexible. And remember also, the first order, I don't want to put much of my pro my money on risk so I don't order so many because I still want to know how the market will react to my product because even though in step two we validated that was a validation from another product that is similar to them to mine now I want to see how people react with my specific product so even though I don't make money and I just able to break even that's more than enough for me to prove hey do I want to keep going with this product or should I start looking for a different one? Another pro tip over here. It will take time between product research, negotiation, and then basically uh, shipping everything to FBA, and then having your listing and everything ready. It will take at least two to three months. Everything depends on the product and the manufacturing and how fast they can do it. Look for when your product is going to arrive to Amazon. Usually on Q4 is the busiest time from Amazon. So Amazon usually gives you a cutoff for Black Friday and a cutoff day for Christmas. Those are the busiest times. So if you want to jump on any of those busiest times, make sure that you send your products and you have everything ready before that deadline. Now, here's the other thing, not just about the deadline. Storage costs during those holidays times, I think it's almost like four times the regular cost of a storage. So everything depends on how big and everything, the shape and size. You can go over there to Amazon and research. They just increased their cost like last year. They do that, I guess, almost like every year. 
So I don't want to give you a number right now because I don't want to give you an incorrect number. So go to Amazon, just search over there. What's the cost during the basically almost like Q4? It's not Q4, mostly for uh, the Christmas period and the Black Friday period. Um, it's way more expensive. So if you're going to send all your products directly to Amazon FBA and it just arrived, you know, like, I don't know, like say you order for a thousand units, um, your storage cost is going to be really, really high because your product is going to be new. You're probably not going to be selling too many of those and it's going to be stored over there. So make sure that whenever it's going over there, it's not during that time. If it's before, I think it's fine. Everything depends on how fast your products will sell. So if you're able to already create a good traction on your product, then in the holidays, your product is already going to have that traction and it will keep going. So definitely you're going to pay for storage cost, but you know that your product is going to be selling. If it arrives just in Q4 for Christmas, well, you haven't even built your product. It's going to sell, but not to the extent of what you were expecting for a holiday. And it's going to cost you more just to store it. So that's kind of like a, a few tips. These, these pro tips I've learned from experience. So that's why I'm just dropping it over there. A few things that I've learned, mistakes that I hope people will learn from it. Number four, build your Amazon list. Okay, so now your supplier is producing these notebooks, right? That's when it gives you the time to start building your list. That means putting the keywords over there. If you have a sample already, take pictures, hire someone to take pictures to start putting that in your uh, Amazon listing. Check your competitors eventually. People are going to be arising. You're going to still having more competitors. Look for which products are first and how that is moving for kind of during that month that it's going to take for your product to arrive or two months, depending on what's your product. And create a roadmap to launch your product. Don't wait until you have your pro the product on your hands or in FBA to think, hey, okay, what's the next step? Okay, we need to launch a product. It's too late. Now you're going to be paying for, pro uh, for storage and everything while you're thinking about these strategies. Think about ahead. What's your strategy to do the product launch? Which keywords you're planning to go first? Even though you're saying, hey, I want to go first for these 10 keywords, you have to start one by one. Which is the first keyword that you plan to go? I will say try with a keyword that is less competitive because you just spend a lot of money on your products and everything. The last thing you want to do is put more money on a keyword that is very competitive. Start with the low ones that are not competitive or they're very small competition because once you start ranking on those ones and you're first, you, you don't have to worry about them anymore and you are going to start receiving money you're going to start having sales from them that will help you to later on rank on the more competitive keywords. So that's one of the biggest recommendations over there. Step number five, ship your products to Amazon or a warehouse or your garage. Everything depends on the size of your product. You have to do a cost evaluation. How much it will cost you if you are storing those products in Amazon? How much it will cost you if you have it on a warehouse, 
basically rent electricity or just the rental of a warehouse if it's a third-party warehouse like a 3PL. Or if the product is small enough or you have a space on your garage, how much it will save you just storing in your garage. Now, if you're storing outside FBA, you have to also account for how much it will cost you to ship that product from either your garage or another warehouse to FBA. If that cost is more than just storing on FBA, well, just store it at FBA. Like in my case, I have a few products that are cheaper to store it in FBA, so I send everything over there. I have a few other products that is actually cheaper for me to store it in my garage and ship it through UPS. And the nice thing is that Amazon have like really, really reduced rates. I mean, a huge box of those products, it cost me only like $5. That's like 50 cents for each item that cost me to basically send it to Amazon. So that's actually cheaper than if I were to store the same product in FBA. So everything have to do with do your homework, calculate where you want to ship. If you're shipping to multiple places, you also have to account that your freight forwarder will have to now ship to different locations and maybe your shipping cost will also increase. So just throw in there a few ideas because everything depends on the product. I cannot give you right now the numbers and the details, but at least I can give you the ideas that you can think about it when you are doing that product research and product shipping and your strategy for your products. Last step, number six, is basically launching your product. Take what you did on your roadmap on step number four, your roadmap to launch, and just launch your product. Take advantage of the early program, early review program from Amazon. I think it cost $50, and it will help you to get at least the uh, first five reviews. Basically what Amazon does, they incentivize customers who bought your product to give them, give reviews. And that's Amazon's kind of deal because Amazon tells you that you cannot contact the customer and ask them for a review, but Amazon can do that sort of thing. So anyways, that's a really good program. So it gives, it helps you with the first couple of reviews Another strategy that I like to do, I start a uh, pay-per-click, uh, basic advertisement, PPC, um, since the first day. I know it's a little bit of expensive because a lot of people are not probably going to buy your product because it doesn't have any reviews. But at least it helps me to build what type of keywords are people typing and searching and finding my products. So once I have those five reviews and start getting traction, I already have all of that built. Remember, everything is about saving time. You have more competitors, more people jumping over there. The more time you're able to save, you have a competitive advantage. That's another way to save time. Start PPC early, even though it's going to cost you. Remember, everything have a cost at the beginning. You're not probably going to make any money the first couple of months because you're going to have to pay for these additional costs, like just product launches. PPC advertisement, but once you have all of that in place and your product is first page, you will reduce all of that. You will still maintain it, but not to the same extent. And that's when you're gonna start making money. As any business, there's no business that you're gonna start making money from day one 
you always gonna have to invest time and money. So those are my, uh, my six strategies to start your Amazon FBA. Tomorrow, I'm gonna go a little bit more in deep into our second part where it's taking advantage on a different platforms, giveaways, and how to track your profits to make sure that you're actually making money and not just spending everything on advertising because that's a trap that a lot of people are doing. They think that they're making money because Amazon don't report in the same numbers how much you're paying for advertising. Or if you're paying for advertising outside, let's say Facebook, well, Amazon don't know those type of things. So a lot of people miss that. They get very excited. They think they're making a lot of sales. And then four months after, everything crashes and they have to liquidate and try to sell everything because they realize that they've been losing a lot of money and their bank account now is empty. But well, we're going to be talking about all those things tomorrow in the second part. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to another episode of the 8 to 5 Multiplier, where I will go through my daily journey to financial freedom while working an 8 to 5 job and raising a family. We'll see you tomorrow. 